The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, it's Friday, and you know what that means. We are doing an AMA on air, which is an Ask Me Anything on air. Happy Friday to my favorite people. I am very excited to be bringing you this episode today because at the time that it drops, I will be in the Gold Coast. I will have just flown into the Gold Coast because I will be shooting my Jazz Handmade collection. Now, I don't think I've spoken about it on the podcast ever, literally ever, but I am obviously going to the Gold Coast for the shoot. That's where Jazz lives. That's where her warehouse is. That's where all the jewelry pieces are. I'm also staying a couple days extra over that weekend to like get in some R&R, some rest and recovery and give myself a bit of a break because I feel like I desperately need one. But I can't wait for you guys to see the jewelry and I can't wait for you guys to find out when it's launching. And I'm so excited because this little secret project has been going on for a really long time. Anyway, that's not what this episode is about. We are getting into today's show, which is an Ask Me Anything, and these Friday episodes are my favorite. You guys already know that. I love that we can discuss more, and I love that I can give you my hot take. It goes without saying that this podcast is not a replacement for professional mental health support or therapy, and if you do need that, please check the show notes. Now, we're going to dive into question number one. How do I stop comparing myself to my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend? And firstly, I want to give this listener a big hug because I think something like this can be very painful and it can hurt. And I also think it's normal. I have spoken about comparison at lengths on this podcast. I have a whole ass episode dedicated to it. It's number 11, I'm pretty sure. So go back and listen to that if you want to. But something like this is not a nice thing to experience. And I want to give you some tips to try and navigate that. My first tip is more like a Band-Aid one. So I'm not sure if you're currently doing this, but if you are, please stop stalking her on social media. There is no need to go and stalk pictures of them together. If there are any still online, there are no needs to stalk any of her accounts, whether that's Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm not sure. Don't do it. Every time you have the urge to go and do that, do something else instead. Replace it with a different action. Text one of your best friends, go for a walk, move your body, put on a song that you like, do a journaling session, text your boyfriend instead, do something else instead of going to physically stalk and look at her. Obviously, there are other elements to it which are not as band-aid-y. These are more like the mindset things behind it. The first thing I want you to think about is their relationship obviously ended for a reason. Obviously, I don't know how long they were together. I don't know how the relationship ended. I don't know what the dynamic was. All of that is really irrelevant at the end of the day because what I think, and obviously I'm not in a relationship right now, but when I have been in a relationship before, all of my boyfriends at the time had ex-girlfriends, right? And I realized that their relationships didn't work out for whatever reason. And thank goodness they didn't because I ended up in those relationships with them. But I like to think that my ex-partners or even my future partners, my future boyfriend out there, that they have learned from their last relationship. I like to think that they learned how to show up as a partner, how they if they learned how to be a better partner, if they learned about why that relationship broke down in the first place so that they could be better for the next person that they dated. I think we all have baggage and the older that you get, the more baggage that you have, 
There is a question about baggage in this episode, which I'll get to in a second, but someone's baggage is part of their story. Someone's baggage is part of who they are. My baggage right now, all of the people I've dated in the past, all of the exes I've had are part of my story and have made me who I am right now. Similar to you, if you have had an ex-boyfriend, that relationship has made you part of who you are now. And so I think it's really important that you don't look at that past relationship as such a negative and look at it in a way that has like shaped your partner into who they are and has hopefully taught your partner some lessons and helped them be a better partner to you. Lastly, my tip here is to focus on you and to focus on your own relationship. So I think it's twofold. I think there's an element here of firstly, working on your own self-confidence and working on your own self-esteem. And I feel like I've done I feel like I've done an uh, episode on building confidence. It might be number three. I really need to check these before I get into the episode, but go and listen to that because building your own confidence will mean that you don't care what the ex-girlfriend is doing. You're watering your own garden. You're not focusing on theirs. I also think as well, when you pour that energy into your relationship that you're currently in with your boyfriend, your relationship is just going to flourish and hopefully get better and hopefully improve. And once you really have your own confidence and your own self-esteem at a level where like you feel healthy and secure in the relationship, I feel like you'll be less likely to want to ruminate on his ex. And so they're my top tips. I really recommend that you give that a go. I don't know if anyone else has been in this situation, but if you have and you're in our Facebook group, please come and join and share it with us because I think obviously this was something that I maybe struggled with when I was younger. I'm not sure how old this listener is, but as I've gotten older, I've learned to just accept people for their baggage and whatever else they've got going on as well. But come and share how you've navigated that in the past because I think we can learn a little bit off each other too. Question number two. Do you have any tips for taking the leap to work for myself? I'm ready, but I'm very scared to fail. And how exciting to this listener. I feel like this position that kind of like, I don't know what you want to call it, like that stage before you actually make that call from leaving like a very secure, maybe nine to five or full-time position to work for yourself is an extremely scary position to be in. But it is a position that if you're in, you should be really proud of yourself. If you are able to actually contemplate that and weigh up that choice, then you are doing quite well. And I think you should pat yourself on the back. I was in this exact same position last year. And in August of this year, it will be one year that I have worked as a sole trader for myself. I left, for those of you who don't know, I left a very, very cushy corporate nine to five job. It was more like, I don't know, eight to like seven job and some Saturdays in there as well. But I left this job that I really loved and really was serving me to pursue this podcast, to pursue my YouTube, my TikTok, my Instagram content, some of the e-commerce stuff I'm working on behind the scenes at the moment. And it was the one of the scariest decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Up there with like moving states, up there with yeah, traveling Europe for the first time solo. Like it was scary as fuck and so terrifying, but I can hand on heart say that it was the best decision that I've made and I have not looked back once. Obviously, it hasn't been a year yet and you're probably thinking, what do you know? It hasn't even been a year. Like, give it more time. Take my advice with a grain of salt. Take anyone's advice with a grain of salt, even mine. And I just want to give this listener some context because I feel like I was in this and I probably needed someone to tell me this as well because I didn't really have that. I, Of course, I had the support of like my immediate family and my closest friends, but I faced a lot of like 
not re- not rejection or like criticism from the people I worked with, but I, I had people confused that I was leaving such a stable job to, to go and pursue something that seems so uncertain. And so here are my top tips and what I think helped me and what may help you. The first thing I want you to do is to work out, firstly, financially, if you can do it. And it is very different getting a consistent paycheck from a company that's paying you versus getting income from a business that I'm not sure what business you have or what you're going to be doing working for yourself. But if you can figure out if you are financially going to be okay, that will give you some comfort. For me, I had the issue of the fact that my corporate job was very, very high paying and I was saying to myself, oh, I don't want to quit until I earn the same amount of money. But I was physically never going to be able to do that because my full-time job was quite demanding and the content is also quite demanding. And so I did have to take a little bit of a pay cut when I first quit my job. And even though I did that, I knew that I could still pay like my mortgage. (laughs) I knew that I could still pay like rates and bills and give money to my parents for like groceries and shit like that. I knew that I could still financially do it. I would also recommend having a buffer like an emergency savings or like an emergency account or just savings in general in case revenue slows down just to give you that kind of comfort. My second tip is to have a plan of attack. So obviously I didn't think I really had a good plan of attack. (laughs) I didn't really have a plan or like strategy with what I was doing. And I would recommend you having one if you can. You can find business plans online or strategies online so that you can kind of have some guidance for yourself when you do make that step and so that you can measure your success, whether that is sales targets or whether you're selling things or you want to like keep a stock take of your inventory, just so you know, it's a bit hard without context to give you that advice, but just so you know the markers and you know how you are progressing and succeeding. And then lastly, I want you to look at your current performance at your current job and all of the other jobs in the past when you have worked for somebody and see how you've gone. For me, I was a very high performer in every single job I had because I think I was a bit of a perfectionist, a little bit of like type A personality, but I reminded myself that if I was working so hard for somebody else to bring in money for a business that wasn't my own, why the hell wouldn't I work that hard for myself? Why the hell wouldn't I push myself? Why the hell wouldn't I come up with ideas, try to be creative, try to make it something, try to make it work for my own business, right? And I don't know what it is, but there's something that happens. And I think anyone listening to this podcast who is a business owner, who has their own business or is a sole trader or works for themselves, there's like this firecracker that like goes up your bum when you do something like this, because it's, it's real now. You don't have that luxury of like relying on your job. And so I think if you can just remind yourself that if you worked really hard for someone else, you would absolutely do the same for yourself, you would surprise yourself. Now, obviously, I don't want to sit here and tell you, quit your job right now, like take that leap of faith. If you are still really scared, is there a way that you can maybe go part-time or drop down your hours or reduce that workload so that you can focus more energy on the business or more energy on working for yourself? Again, on this, I would love, love, love to hear from anybody else in the community who has gone on to start their own business or work for themselves and has left a corporate job or has left nine to five or has have left steady employment, how you navigated that and what other tips you have. Obviously, I don't have the pros and cons being asked in this question, but if you do want to know the pros and cons, ask that in an upcoming AMA episode as well. Question number three is... How to deal with feeling like you have too much baggage to enter into a relationship. 
And this is being asked by a different listener. I did talk about baggage in question one, but I wanted to put this in here because I think it's really important. And I just want to say to this person who wrote it in, you definitely don't have too much baggage. I know that the longer we are alive and the more of life that we experience, we can go through hardships. We can maybe go through failed relationships. We can maybe experience some really traumatic, messed up shit. We can even experience some amazing things as well. And it can feel like we have too much baggage to enjoy something. But I promise you that that is not the case. I think I always talk about on this podcast how we are just humans having a human experience and every single one of us is deserving of a relationship. Every single one of us, if that's what we want, every single one of us is deserving of love. Every single one of us, if we are wanting to put ourselves out there, can put ourselves out there. I think successful relationships or even like successful dating, you don't have to be perfect or like 100% healed to go and do that. And that's because I don't think anyone is ever 100% healed. And I think there's an element there, which is like another topic altogether. But once you kind of do dip into that like self-development space or that healing space, it's almost like you're constantly healing. You're constantly looking to be perfect or to be better or to fix something about yourself. And it's like, well, no, you can just exist and you can exist as an imperfect human and find another person and come together with them to potentially make something amazing. I think successful relationships aren't about two perfectly healed people coming together. To me, they're about two imperfect humans coming together, trying to make it work, trying to compromise, trying to be what the other person needs while also meeting their own needs. I also think there's an element here where true healing, and I've seen it myself, True healing, you can only do so much healing by yourself. (laughs) And I've seen that in like the dating process. I've seen that with the guys that I've dated over the last, I don't know, year and a half or two years. It's like there's a level that I can get to in dating where I'm like healing some things that I've gone through, but there are going to be things that only come up when I'm in a relationship with somebody. There are only going to be things that I can heal when my future partner triggers the fuck out of me about something. And I'm going to have to try and sit there and work through it and communicate and be okay with that. And so I think if you are wanting to get out there, if you are wanting to date or enter into a relationship, you don't have too much baggage. You're a human. You might have been through some shit. It's okay. Be kind to yourself. You are deserving of love and you are deserving of a relationship if that's what you want. And then our last question, this is a little bit heavy and I want to give a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about fertility and discussing the topic of childbirth or children and pregnancy. And if you are triggered by this, please call Lifeline on 131114. The question, it's a long one. What are your thoughts about having children? I am F female turning 26 this year and the older I get, the more critically I think about having kids. I have always wanted kids, but now I am seeing my friends having them and I'm second guessing if I really want them. Are we conditioned to think that we want a family from a young age? Is this selfish of me or is this a normal experience? I get pretty annoyed whenever anyone asks me if I want to have kids. But not with this listener because I love the way that she wrote it and I think she wrote it so beautifully and so thoughtfully and thank you to this listener. She actually DM'd it to the podcast Instagram. So if you guys ever want to DM something, you can. I can't reply to everything, but if you want to have something a little bit longer than the text box, you can do it there. But the reason I don't usually answer this or I hate answering it is because I think it's so personal and 
I think as a collective, I would love if like we never fucking asked this question ever. I would love if we didn't ask this question to our single friends, if we didn't ask this question to our married friends, if we didn't ask our friends that are dating, if we didn't ask our friends that just had a kid or that just literally got married. There are so many reasons that this is personal and so many reasons that this is almost just deeply triggering. I think I need to list some of those reasons. Maybe people are trying to conceive. Maybe people are infertile. Maybe they've just had a miscarriage. Maybe they're worried about the cost of living and can't imagine about bringing a child into this world. Maybe they've had birth trauma in the past. Maybe they dislike children. Maybe they've got mental health issues. Maybe it's the impact of the lifestyle, even the impact on the physical body. There are so many reasons that someone might not want to be asked this. And so what I want to say is as a collective, let's be very, very careful unless someone brings it up to us or or mentions it, we don't ask this, right? Or if we ask, even after they've brought it up to us, it's in a kind way, it's in a caring way, it's in a way that protects the other person as well. My thoughts about it have always kind of been, I'm not sure. And I think I spoke about it in the aging episode, but for a lot of my 20s, I never really had that maternal urge. I never really had that maternal instinct. It's not often that I would see a cute baby and be like, oh my God, the baby's so cute. Like I really want one. I get very scared holding a baby. I get (laughs) terrified. Actually, if I'm honest, I think to myself, and maybe it's what I know from like therapy and shit like that, but I think to myself, fuck, like to bring a child into this earth and to like try and raise it and like not give it issues and give it like a really healthy upbringing is really hard. And that panics me. And I also haven't really been in a relationship where I have thought to myself, oh, I like, I want to have kids with this person. In my mind, I definitely want that like nuclear family dynamic if I was to have them. Like I would, I would think I would want obviously a a man, the dad to be there and then raise the kids like that. But I've never had that feeling with a guy or I've never had that feeling in a relationship. So for me, I always say, I don't know. I think this listener has raised a good point. Like, are we conditioned to think that we want a family from a young age? I'm going to say yes. I feel like it's even like that Australian dream. It's like, you know, find your husband, get married, get engaged, get married, have two kids, get the white picket fence, the backyard. I feel like we are to a degree conditioned about it. I'm glad that you are critically thinking about it. I think there are some great accounts out there that have kind of come up on my TikTok where they're like called child-free accounts where they have really good discourse about why they choose to be child-free. I'm also really happy that that conversation is being had now where we have the choice to be child-free if we want to. I know that in the past, maybe our other older generations didn't have that choice or didn't have that luxury. And so I want to say that you are not selfish. This listener is not selfish. If you are thinking critically about it or you are unsure, that is totally valid. If you don't want them, that is totally valid as well. If you want them, that's also totally valid. There's no right or wrong with this question. It's so deeply personal. And I think I'm kind of glad that I've put it in because at the same time, while I don't like being asked it, I feel like with everything, if we give it oxygen, it can maybe validate somebody else. It can make somebody else feel seen or heard or even feel the exact same way that I'm feeling about it. And so I'm going to say it is a normal experience. On the other hand, obviously you guys heard in that aging episode that I was a little bit concerned about getting older because I had hit the 30 mark 
And what kind of triggered that was I had gone to the doctor and my pill had stopped working. I've been on the pill for a quite, for a long time. And my doctor had said, oh, like you've, you've hit the 30 mark, like that pill is lower dosage. It's probably not working on you anymore. Like you need to up the dosage. And so I had gotten a new pill and then I actually turned 30 and I was freaking out about it. And I recently had the blood test for my vitamin D. And in that same blood test, we ran the test for the AHM levels. I hope I'm saying that right. I just wanted to check the levels of my egg count. And the doctor at first was like, oh, no, you don't need this because you're so young. You're only 30. And I said, yeah, but like the last time I came here, you were telling me that I was old and I was 30. And I've also had gynecologists tell me in the past that the earlier, the earlier, the better if I know. And I said, I don't know, but I just kind of want to figure out what's going on. And so we ran that test and my levels are average for a 30 year old woman. They are on the lower side. It didn't scare me or like trigger me or upset me or anything like that. I feel at peace with it. I think my next step is I'll just see how I'm going and probably make a call in like the next two to three years if I potentially want to go down that path for egg freezing. Maybe I'll be in a relationship by then, who knows? Or maybe I'll make the choice that I don't want to have kids. I think it's deeply personal. It's not selfish. Whatever you are thinking about it is totally valid. And I would love if, yeah, we can get a thread on this in the Facebook group because I think it is a good topic to discuss if we want to discuss it in a safe place. But again, If you're asking this question, think about it before you need to ask it and then probably don't ask it and be kind and gentle with it if you are having a conversation with somebody in your life about this topic. But guys, we are going to wrap the show there. I know it was a little bit heavy. Thank you for sticking with me. As usual, come and join us in the Facebook group. If you are not already, follow us on Instagram, your safe space pod. Follow me at Adele Marie. Leave us a review on Apple, a rating on Spotify. That helps this little independent podcast more than you could ever imagine. And please tag us in your story as well while you're listening because I would love to see where you guys are listening. And I hope that you have a great weekend. I'll see you on Sunday. And yeah, hopefully I'm having the best time in the Gold Coast. Bye, guys. I'll see you then. Bye.